Welcome to the Millennial Success Stories podcast, a space for millennial women entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs, and those who dare to forge their own path. My name is Jackie Kossoff, and I'm a marketing strategist and success coach, multi-passionate entrepreneur, writer, traveler, and history lover. The mission of this podcast is to uplift, inspire, and empower young women to create a life that reflects their own version of success. I believe in sharing our experiences so we may learn from one another and grow together as a community. In season three, I invite you to join us as we peel back the layers of success and discover what it truly looks like to create success in our businesses and lives. If you're ready to take the next step in your journey and grow your own marketing business, I encourage you to sign up for a success breakthrough call where we'll have the opportunity to connect personally. Now, without any further ado, for those of you ready to write your own success stories, let us begin. And always remember, success has no age requirement. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Millennial Success Stories podcast. I am so excited to share this episode with you today. My guest for this episode is Casanova Brooks. He is a serial entrepreneur who started businesses in real estate, digital marketing, investing, community, and so much more. So he has so many insights that he shares in this episode. And I also wanted to note that he opens up about personal hardships that he's overcome at various stages of his life. And I just wanted to thank him for being so open with us because I know how incredibly inspiring it is going to be for you to listen to this episode. I was so inspired just speaking with him. So I also wanted to give a little teaser because my heart absolutely melted when he talked about supporting his wife as she started her own business. So that is all ahead in this episode. And before we get into our conversation, I just wanted to invite you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews really help us get in front of more women who are building their businesses and pursuing their own versions of success. So thank you so much for all of your support. And without any further ado, let's get into my conversation with Casanova. Hi, Casanova. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So I am really excited to have you share your journey with us. So I would love if you get us started just by telling us a little bit about yourself and, um, you know, your, your business, your entrepreneur journey and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So I always say I'm, I'm no stranger to adversity, which is where I've built a lot of relationships, but a little bit about me. I'm originally from South side of Chicago. Uh, I was raised by a single mom. My mom was very uh, impactful in me growing up. And then my grandma kind of stepped in early on to to be the father figure in my life because my dad was never around. And uh, I'm the only child on my mom's side. But last I knew, I had 13 brothers and sisters on my dad's side. Uh, but he never did anything to really bridge the gap of the relationship. So for me, I really grew up, like I said, an only child and just trying to figure my way out, which is where I feel like a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, they start out at, right? They don't have any blueprint or... They don't have direction, but they're, they're going to try a different, a lot of different roads and eventually they'll figure their way into some type of success. And so that's what I would say uh, my journey started out at. And when I say I'm no stranger to adversity, uh, when I first when I was first growing up in Chicago, when I was eight years old, my two best friends who we did everything together. 
they came over and they said, hey, you know what? We're going to go to the beach this morning. You want to go? And I said, you know what? I'm going to sit this one out um, and for whatever reason. And come to find out, a couple hours later, they both wound up drowning off of the pier at Lake Michigan. And so while I wasn't right there with them doing everything that they were doing, I always say, you know, I don't really know. Just God, my creator, someone had a bigger purpose for my life. And then uh, when I'm 10 years old, I get moved to Sioux City, Iowa. From, and so obviously, as you can imagine, a huge culture change. I go from big city Chicago, where only people that I saw look like me, to now I'm in a town of 80,000 people, cornfield, cattle, and I see almost no one who looks like me. So I always say that there's a silver lining in everything. And what that did was that forced me early on to figure out how to build relationships, right? How to adapt in a different environment. And I think that's what helped me a lot today in, in just understanding how to navigate different paths and understanding how to be able to not only communicate, but at the same time, be able to uh, articulate a vision that allows more people to want to be a part of it. And so that's helped me. And then when I was 15 years old, I was diagnosed with stage four lymphoma cancer. Uh, so I went through two years of chemo. I experienced just about everything that anyone else does when it comes to the C word. And then um, fast forward to six and a half years ago, I went through a little bit of a journey and, and I say a journey, but I basically I lost my mom, my job and my home all within a matter of about two and a half weeks. I was in a brand new city, brand new state, had no family, no friends, no church group. Uh, it, it was definitely a trying time for me. I had no degree, no money. And uh, but then fast forward within the next nine months, uh, I had just gotten my real estate license at that time when I lost my mom job and home. And and uh, within that first nine months of me getting into the business, I did 46 deals and eight million dollars in volume. Uh, so I got the rookie of the year here in Nebraska, and that's where my journey started to take off from. And now I am still in real estate, but I own multiple other businesses um, that that does very well as well. So I've been very fortunate. I've been very blessed. And now my whole thing is obviously I've started the brand, the movement of Dream Nation. And because when I go into other people's, you know, um, platforms, I guess, or other people's world, I always say that everything starts with a dream. And those of us who dare to dream while the rest of the world is settling for what society will tell us is our reality, we're the ones who stand to be trailblazers and change makers, and we ultimately make this world a better place. And so that's, uh, I guess, my journey of 30 years into, you know, four minutes, five minutes. And uh, yeah, I'd love to elaborate on anything else that you want to know more about. Yeah, no, thank you so much for, for sharing all of that. And I definitely, there's a few things I would, um, you know, uh, I'd like to unpack, I guess. Um, I mean, yeah, so <laughs> I suppose for those listeners who may be going through, you know, a really difficult time, whether that's grief, whether that's, you know, um, you know, whatever that hardship looks like for them, what kind of advice do you have for them in terms of, you know, making it through that, that incredibly difficult time? Yeah, I think the thing that I've always told myself, even since I was little and since I was able to really just recognize that, Joy doesn't joy wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't for a little bit of pain. Right. And so understanding that it comes with it for for all of us, we all are beautiful diamonds. And that's something that I tell myself all the time. Like I'm a beautiful diamond. Now, with that being said, understand that pressure, which we're all under pressure in some form or, or capacity every single day pressure, it does bust pipes. But at the same time, Pressure creates beautiful diamonds, right? So it's going back to you are a beautiful diamond. And understand that sometimes when you're a diamond, you're in the dirt and you need some rain showers, right? To be able to wipe off or wash off your crystals. And so understanding that even if you're going through right now what feels like winter, 
right? And it feels like hell. And if you don't like the winter, if you're from California or Texas <laughs> or Hawaii, and you absolutely hate the winter, but you understand that after every winter season comes what? It comes springtime. And then even better yet, it comes summertime, right? But springtime, because it's directly after and you know, hey, there's better times ahead. But even when it turns into spring, does that mean that you're not going to have gloomy days? Does that mean that you're not going to have rainy days? You're still going to, but understand it. If you can weather the storm, you'll get to spring. And more importantly, you'll get to that summer. And a lot of the times, that's what I've always just tried to do. I've tried to focus on thinking ahead. I've always tried to focus on finding an anchor of something that was positive to say that, listen, I am going through it right now, but I understand that summer's right around the corner. And it always is because there's wins and losses every single day, especially if you're an entrepreneur. It might not be a big loss, but it's something that, it's going to frustrate you. It's something that you wish that you would have known. It's some money that you wish that you wouldn't have lost, but it comes with the territory, right? And it only makes you stronger because any type of adversity, what I've learned is that not only does it build character, but it also reveals character. It reveals who you are, your core. And if you think about it, you've already survived 100% of your bad days, right? <laughs> and you're still here. You're still listening to this. You're still watching this. You're still persevering. So you're going to make it through it and use this as a lesson rather than just a loss and even if you didn't cause it here's the thing that i tell my son and that i've learned we can never control the outcome right or the result so whatever that result is if you're going through the storm right now you can't control that but what you can control is your energy and you can control your effort so every single day put something into your mindset that says hey there's better days ahead and it's like the law of attraction eventually what you're going to find is that next day there is going to be something that happens you're like yes i knew it i knew it right i knew i was going to get this win and other people it looks like it was luck but you prepared for this moment because you kept telling yourself over and over again my time is coming so that's what i would say to someone mm, yeah very very insightful thank you so much um okay so one thing you said um in your in your intro that really i wanted to ask about was just this concept of being able to you know articulate your vision to other people in a way that makes them you know want to join um and so i was really hoping that you could give some more uh some more insight into that just kind of like you know what does what does that mean what does that look like you know for our listeners who may be struggling uh to to do the same thing yeah, for sure. So I think for me, one thing that I learned was your story is not about you. Your vision is not about you, right? A lot of the times we go into something, especially as entrepreneurs, we go in and we really are solopreneurs, right? So we start out, we got to do everything ourselves. We think that nobody else could do it better than us. Nobody else could do it like us when a lot of people actually do it better than us. And, <laughs> and we're spread too thin because we're trying to, again, do everything. We find ourselves, as my mom would always say, robbing Peter to pay Paul over here. And so it was always um, something for me. And so when I understood that the power was in having a team and the power was in leveraging other people's time, money, resources through relationships, right? So there's a give and a take with everything, right? When you get into the world of real estate, and I'm only using real estate because that's obviously a buzzword, a hot word, no matter where you are right now, everybody's getting more and more financially savvy, more people are learning about investing, and it always go back to what is the most tried and true method, right? You could do Amazon, you could do coaching, you could do all those things, but as you make all of this earned income, 
income, which is your active income that you're bringing in, essentially, eventually you will start to sit on a large cash flow, right? Or you, you'll start to sit on a, a, a large amount of money. And then you'll have to figure out how do I invest this to protect this and so I can leave a legacy and assets for my family. And it always goes back to real estate. So that's why I bring up real estate. Um, but for me, I, I mean, I have my hands in a lot of different things, but I'll tell you what I've learned through all of these different business ventures is that everyone has a dream. And so for me, I had to focus on rather than going in and just spewing all over people about what my dream was, I always say like, what, tell me about you, right? This is something I learned from a mentor. And I think for anybody who's first thinking about interviewing or hiring or building a relationship through a partnership, whatever it is, before you get out there and you try to spew all over the exciting things that you have, be more interesting or interested than interesting. Right. So I'll say that again. Be more interested than interesting. So what that means is the first time that, that we meet, what I'm going to say is tell me about you. Right. Because I want to learn about what are your goals? What are your dreams in a three year period? Where do you see yourself ideally? Because the more that I can get you to talk about you, I can then learn what are the problems that you have that I can solve. And hopefully I could solve it under my umbrella of you partnering with me and whatever said deal venture opportunity is. Right. And so. For me, I've always tried to look at it and, and I've tried to communicate ways that they could see based off of what they told me, how this could help them. Because if I just go in and I'm only talking about me, 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 at the end of the day, people will love it because of the energy, but they won't see themselves in the picture. And I'll give you a resource of what really articulates this, but it's called the Dream Manager. It's, it's a short read, but it's called the Dream Manager. And it's a book out there that I would encourage anybody to uh, read um, if you're, you're wondering how how can you get more of your employees? How can you get your virtual assistants, anyone else to be on the same page? And you really have to focus on one, learning about them, but two, figuring out how you can build them up. Because in the book, he says it, but I know we've all heard this before, but it says, what happens if we build them up, whoever that them is, right? Your employees, your partners, whatever. What happens if you build them up and they leave? Now, for a lot of people, that's a scarcity mindset, right? But what you want to do is flip it and you want to have and you want to say what happens if we don't and they stay right what happens if we don't and they stay and so that's always been big for me is just understanding that empowering and really trying to have an impact on people through whatever their goals and their dreams are if i can figure out a way to marinate that um, I think that at the end, that will allow me to go further faster. And I think that that's been definitely true for me and for dream nation and for everything that I've built thus far in life. Yeah. Um, amazing. Okay. Let's see. So first, before we, I guess, get into some of my staple questions <laughs> um, that I ask all my guests, um, could you tell us a little bit more about Dream Nation and just kind of, you know, your kind of what you're doing um, with, with your brand? Yeah, so Dream Nation, it's evolved a couple times. And I, and I say that uh, intentionally for people to know that you're never going to get it right on the first time, right? I, I tried a, a lot of things so far with it. But when I created Dream Nation, again, I created it because it was something that happened to me. And so what do I mean by that? I, again, I say everything starts with a dream. And for me growing up without a father, there was something that it was a quote that was swirling around social media probably about 10 to 12 months ago. And it had said, if I didn't come from a wealthy family, a wealthy family must come from me. And I was like, oh man, that's good, right? Because I didn't, my parents' family never owned house, car, business, nothing. So I was like, okay, well, how can I take it and make it a little bit more meaningful to me? So for me, I changed it and I said, if I didn't come from a loving father, that a loving father must come from me. 
And so that was the thing for me. So everything I've done has always been around my kids and I'm very fortunate. Uh, I have an amazing wife. I have an amazing two child or amazing two children. And uh, I'll tell you what happened was my son, this was like probably four years ago, but he went through this phase where he was essentially uh, afraid of the dark. Right. So this is no, this is like three years ago. And uh, he because my daughter was uh, she was just in her crib. She was in her room. So I remember my daughter's about to turn four in November. So anyway, this is about three years ago. Well, anyway, he would go upstairs and he'd come running back downstairs. and He'd be like, I heard something. Now, his hallway is all the way at the back. Like his bedroom's all the way at the back of the hallway. His sister's on the left and he's on the right. So he'd come back downstairs. And I'm like, buddy, you didn't hear anything. If anything, it was just your sister. He's like, no, I heard something. And I'm like, there's no one here. We've been here all day. Da da. So what would I have to do? I would have to then go upstairs, turn on the light, walk him to his room, you know, turn on the light in his room, look under the bed, look in the closet and show him, see, there's nothing to be afraid of. Well, I've said this for what, two, two and a half years now. And that was like the big thing for me that one day, I knew that his sister would then go through the same phase, right? Of saying, oh, I heard something. There's someone up there. Da, da, da. And then what would happen? Hopefully, if I did my job the right way and leading, being a leader, being a dreamer, that he would walk her upstairs, turn on the light, right? And she wouldn't need dad anymore because he would be able to handle it. Well, I tell you, this was probably about a month, a little over a month ago. And we got cameras. And so we were upstairs and, um, or we weren't upstairs. My wife and I were downstairs. And we, the camera, we seen it. And basically, Basically, my daughter goes like, I hear something. And then before we even like went upstairs or her, she got out of her room, her brother comes in and he's like, look, there's nothing to be afraid of. And he actually turns on the light and looks under her bed and then opens up the closet and shows her. And so it, it really all just came to a full circle for me. But that's the reason why I created Dream Nation is because I knew that a lot of the times it's the exposure that we have to the different information, to the different energy and us putting ourselves in different environments and so for me I looked at it and I understood that my gift has always been to build relationships and my gift has always been to be just really be able to adapt in different scenarios where a lot of people can't right for whatever reason and so I created Dream Nation because I wanted it to be a community that was going to inspire anyone to create a life by their design well, for me, I understood that I didn't have all of the answers, right? I, I, I'm not the greatest coach. I'm not the greatest podcast. I do a lot of things very well, but I don't claim to be the end-all be-all. But instead of me being selfish and putting all that pressure on myself to say, I constantly got to show up, what about if I brought in some of the biggest and brightest minds in the world for them to be able to share their message, their stories, and create that platform? And so... That's where we started out at. In the beginning, I, I started out doing like a coaching company and it was going well, um, but I, I felt in my heart that it wasn't necessarily big enough for me. Why is because it was only going to focus on me unless I wanted to try to put other coaches and create systems and things like that. But that wasn't really what I necessarily aspired to do. So for me, then I, I then brought on the podcast and then the podcast really took off and, and fortunate enough to have some of the biggest names in the world on the podcast and, and Jack Canfield and Dean Graziosi and Michael Gerber, a lot of just amazing people. And I built genuine relationships with them that I still talk to them today. And uh, so I've been very fortunate with that. But then I looked at it and I said, okay, how can we even take this to the next level? And how can we scale it? And how can we really um, focus on 
impacting the masses. And now we've turned it into more of a media site. Um, and so sharing the stories of dreamers and doers and people that have marginalized voices and maybe just uncharacteristic stories of what you wouldn't necessarily hear with entrepreneurs. And it doesn't necessarily just have to be entrepreneurs, but it's really just anybody with a dream. Because some people, they don't consider themselves an entrepreneur, but they have entrepreneur tendencies. They've just never heard the story that they can click with that says, oh, that's me. Well, wait, maybe I am an entrepreneur. And so that's always been big for me. So that's where Dream Nation is evolving into. And uh, yeah, it's been a fun journey. And I, I still do feel like we're just getting started. Awesome. Amazing. I um, will make sure that we, you know, link to um, all of that, that stuff in the show notes so people can check it out and um, yeah. And, you know, get inspired and discover something new about themselves maybe yeah. <laughs> um, as well. So, okay. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I'm going to sort of shift us just um, into the kind of, you know, overall success <laughs> conversation um, that, that we'll be having. So um, first, could you start off by just um, telling us your personal definition of success and maybe how it's evolved over the years? Yeah, my personal definition of success is um, really at the end of the day, there's, here's a story that, that I heard from when I first got into real estate. And so someone had asked Warren Buffett, Warren, how did you know when you were truly successful in life? And or how did you know when you were successful in life? And for anybody who doesn't know Warren Buffett, billionaire, you know, top five as far as money, and he, he's the founder of Berkshire Hathaway. And so anyway, he said, you'll never know how successful you've been in life until you die and you see who comes to your funeral. And for anybody who doesn't know, a lot of people refer to Warren Buffett as like an atheist. Like he's just a realist. He doesn't talk about like afterlife, God, things like that. But so when people heard him say it, they were like, wow, okay, Warren talking about this. Like we were to really hear it. And so he said that. And then he said, but more importantly, you'll never know how truly successful that you've been until you see how many of those people cry at your funeral because those are the people who you've truly impacted their lives. And so I think at the end of the day, when I think about success, success to me is one, making sure that I left this world a better place than, than when I found it. But on top of that, it's making sure that anybody who I came in contact with, that they feel like that they have a chance to gain more, grow more, be more, do more, have more, and even give more because of conversations that they've had with me. And whether that means financial freedom, whether that means inspiration, whether that means uh, getting into real estate and just owning assets or trying to build some type of wealth for their family because it's first generation. Those are all the things that I just try to share my journey and, and hopefully someone can connect with it somewhere. And so that's what personal success is for me. I know I didn't come from anything. So the more that I can leave behind after I'm gone, I think that's the more successful that I'll feel. And I won't live a life of regret because I'll have so many impactful memories of seeing other people smile. I love that. Um, oh my gosh. Okay. So I guess, you know, with, with that in mind, um, what successes or achievements do you consider to be your, um, like your biggest successes so far? And this can be in business, this can be in life. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, wow. I feel like I've been blessed to have so many of them, but, uh, I definitely feel like, you know, what I did in real estate was, was definitely something to be proud of. And the reason why I say that is because for anybody who is in real estate or thinking about getting into real estate, I mean, there's stats out there and there are still stats out there from the national association of realtors that are very daunting, right? They say that 87%, and I think it's up to 90% now, but 90% of all real estate agents get out of the business within just five years of getting their license, right? The average real estate agent in their first year they do one maybe two deals i came out and i did 46 deals in nine months and my average home price was one hundred and eighty-seven thousand dollars in my market so it was a lot so and and i just come off of that time so that was that was definitely something that i look back on and and it's a fun ride for me but then i think another thing is um helping my wife to start her first business which was really impactful and i tell this story not too often but um both of our children because of me having cancer were miracle babies and um so we had the average couple if you go talk to a, a doctor the average couple they have about a 15 percent chance of conception any given night right which is crazy it's not a lot you know especially for some people that are um um you know having four five six kids it's like wow how how did you get so lucky right but anyway um so that's what it was but for my wife and i we had less than one percent chance so both of our children they both came after two years trying naturally um and they both came naturally which was absolutely crazy um and they both are amazing witty everything else and we didn't have to go through NICU or anything else so definitely that's a huge accomplishment but when i talk about helping my wife start her business um basically she had just come off of a surgery and she was out for six weeks from her job and i always had this thing that i would say is like don't get hyped for the moment and then start to backpedal well, about six months prior, we'd already been looking at a daycare business, but it was a losing business. So while going to talk to my CPA and attorney and they were like, hey, Casanova, I get it. You're always optimistic. You can, you know, take over the world. But I don't know that I would start with this. This is a large because it's a daycare center. So all in all, I want to say there was somewhere around like 175 to 180 kids. Right. And it was between two centers. And we were looking at potentially buying them both um, or at least the bigger one. And so. Basically, long story short, we didn't wind up pursuing that, but we still had it in the back of our mind that like we're looking for the opportunity. So as she's off work for these six weeks, I then go in and get my daughter from the daycare that she was at. Um, and the owner pulls me aside. She's like, hey, you're, you're Jada's dad. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, hey, I just want to let you know that we are going to be closing down this location, um, but we still have two other ones. We would love for you to bring her there if you choose to, da, da, da. So I'm like, okay, well, thank you. So then I go home and I'm telling my wife and I'm like, hey, you thinking what I'm thinking? after I tell her and she's like I know what you're thinking but I, I'm like what how are we gonna do it da, da, da. and I'm like I don't know you know we just fly the plane and we build it as we go and that goes back to what I said like don't get hyped for the moment and then start to backpedal we basically had an opportunity right there and so long story short on that we took that we opened that up three weeks later we didn't take over her business um, but we basically built it from scratch because we just took over her lease so we subleased it and we went from zero to 70 kids in nine months um, and then the pandemic hit and then we went back down to 28 kids and now we're back up to 68 kids um, capacities for 85 and then we're also working on a second location so that would be something and the reason why 
I say that is because for anybody who's heard my story and, you know, it's out there quite a bit. So I try to always mix it up and not tell the exact same thing. But my wife has been so instrumental in the success that I've had. And we truly had a Michael and Scotty, if you're familiar with basketball and the Bulls. Um, we had a Michael and Scotty scenario uh, to where we've just built each other up. So I've been very, very fortunate. And now to watch her and what she's doing and coming from no entrepreneurship in her family. Again, she's from Sioux City. Mom, dad both worked for the same company for 35 years. Uh, they, yeah, so to see what she's been able to do and how she's been able to continue to grow it and build relationships, I'm so proud of her. So that would be one of the things that I'm blessed. And she gives me a lot of credit, but I always just say, like, you know, it was in her from day one. She just needed a little bit of inspiration to pull it out, and she did it, and she's running with it, and and I'm so proud of her no matter what. So that's what I would say has been a, a huge accomplishment for me. And again, it just goes back to the impact that you can leave for other people. Absolutely love that. Thank you so much for sharing that story. <laughs> so yeah, I know. Oh my gosh. Okay. So what does your next level of success look like now that we've talked about kind of, you know, what you've done and all those things, like, where do you see yourself going? Yeah. So I think the next level of success for me is really focusing on my real estate brokerage. Um, so there's so many agents that are out here that are struggling, you know, and, and real estate agents and brokers from all across the country. And when they get in, they have these big goals. They have these big dreams. They've seen HGTV. They know that there's houses selling on their street or, you know, they want to have, you know, home ownership. Maybe they get a license. They can learn it. But then when you get in, you understand. And anybody who's been in real estate or in real estate or has somebody that's close to them in real estate, they can attest to this that it's the wild wild west right there's really no formalized training there's no inspiration on a daily you just have to go get it yourself and so for me it's about building up real estate agents and brokers and partnering with them to understand that there is a better way to create wealth through real estate because the saying goes right now that you know in every other business you work to retire right eventually like sell off your business or your 401k or whatever it is if you can save and be disciplined and all those other things but in real estate you never work to retire you really just work to die and that's unfortunate, but that's why you see so real estate agents that they, they have to keep selling houses until they can sell them no more. And so for me, um, I, I feel like I've stumbled upon an opportunity that has blessed my life, blessed my family. And so that's what the next level looks like is partnering up with, you know, 1,500 agents, 2,000 agents and being able to show them that there's a better way and uh, help them build a life by their design and not have to feel like that they're always in the rat race that if they don't sell real estate, they can't pay their bills, they can't take their family on vacations, and that there's another way out there. Yeah. Um, okay, so I guess that sort of leads to my next question then. Like, what words of advice do you have for maybe people who um, and you can speak specifically to uh, real estate agents if you'd like. Um, but for those who are just starting out, who are kind of like, you know, wanting to, you know, get into, um, you know, into their entrepreneurship journey, whether that's real estate or, or whatnot, um, what advice do you have for them? Yeah. So I think the first thing that you do is you, you write down what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses, right? You have to be aware. Self-awareness is always the key because if you try to go in and you think that you could do everything, you're going to find yourself doing almost nothing, 
right? And because it just becomes so overwhelming in life, especially with the rate that technology is having everything go. And on top of that, if you are in any type of a business, you know you need to be on social media. What social media has is goods and it's bads. And it's bads are part of the thing that you find yourself seeing everyone else's content. They tell you to go look at your competitors, all these other things. So then you see, oh my God, that's amazing content. And then all of a sudden it becomes daunting because you're like, I could never create that. And you find yourself doing video editing. You find yourself doing copywriting and you find yourself doing all these different things, no matter what industry that you're in. So becoming self-aware, what are the things that are already gifts to you? Maybe you're a speaker, so you can articulate the vision. Maybe you're not the person that's in front of the camera. So you need to go find that person to be the front face and you're the backside. You do very good data management. You're very organized, right? You, you can, you know, follow up in emails. That's a lot of it. No matter what business that you're in, it's follow up, right? If you can follow up enough times, anybody will tell you yes. If you follow, I'll tell you one thing. If you follow up with anyone once a month for 10 straight months, whether it's a client, a podcast guest, whatever, I promise you, they will say yes. Right. They, it's just because it's like, oh my God, it's him. It's her again. Like, okay, let's, let's just go ahead and do it. Let's do it. And then you, and then you build that relationship with them. You tell them why they impacted you, why you wanted them on. You share your story, you share your vision and you understand that there's going to be some similarities, but first off, you got to be more interested. So once I say, when I say you share your story, first off, learn what their story is, learn what their journey is. Cause then you're going to be like, okay, well, there's a connection there. Okay. They've dealt with that. Well, there's a connection there. And then you just mend the two together and it just works out that way. So the first thing is self-aware right what am i good at what am i not good at the second thing is i'm going to try to partner up with some people who are great at what i'm not so great at right so this is the way again we talk about michael and scotty that's the second thing that that i'm going to do the third thing is i'm going to understand that at the end of the day it's all about relationships because for you to get into any door any door, I don't care what it is. If you're really trying to go to the next level, and this is huge in real estate, especially because I always say a real estate and, and everybody should be looking to get into real estate one form or another. It doesn't mean you have to get your license, but it could mean that you want to get an investment property one day, an Airbnb one day, whatever it is, you're going to need a team of people around you. You're going to need a real estate agent, or you're going to need um, a title company. You're going to need an attorney, all these different things of, of what you'll need, a contractor, right? So understanding it's about the team and I think what a lot of people it goes back to what I was saying early on in the beginning a lot of people are so focused on themselves and they're selfish they're like I me 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 right well understand that it's not about you it's really about other people and how can you pull them into your vision your dream because if you help enough people get what they want and I'm not I think it's Zig Ziglar who said this quote first but if you help enough people get what they want in return you'll get any and everything that you want and so that's what I would say for anybody who's first getting in, let's get aware, right? And then after we become aware, we write down those things. Then let's figure out who are the people who already excel, right? And there's a book called um, Who Not How. Right. And I think it's by Dan Sullivan, but it's a book called Who Not How. And focus on who are the people that you can get that can help you to get further faster. And I think in real estate, that's so true. Right. The more people that you can leverage, the more people, because what's also going to come with that, it's not just the inspiration, but the education. There's a lot of people that have already put in hours upon hundreds and thousands of hours at what you're already trying to get good at. And so they've already seen the mistakes. The mistakes are way better than the successes because now you know what 
not to do. And now you could be smarter, right? They say that a smart man, I guess, yeah, a smart man learns from his own mistakes, but a wise man or woman learns from the mistakes of others. So I would say definitely be thinking about how can I learn from other people's mistakes? And that's what I would try to do if I was first getting started out there. If I'm in real estate, I'm trying to go figure out who's already had some success in real estate. If I'm trying to become a copywriter, I'm joining Facebook groups. I'm trying to get a mentor. I'm trying to get a coach. I'm going to YouTube. I'm listening to podcasts on copywriting so I can figure out what were the challenges that they had when they first got started. Oh, that's a really good one. I wasn't thinking of that. Okay, now I know. So then that also helps me to when I reach out to whoever said mentor, coach, whatever is, I can tell them, hey, here's the thing. I'm not starting from square one. I resonated with you, your message, what you did, because you talked about this mistake you made. And I was just about to make that mistake. So I'm so glad that you told me about it. You talked about this. I also heard about this and this and this. Was that ever a challenge for you? And then they're like, oh, he or she, whoever that is, they're different. They're not just reaching out saying, hey, can I pick your brain? Right. It's like, hey, here's all the things that I've done. Here's where I've hit a little bit of a stop or a point in the road. I would love. Could you share just one nugget of wisdom of what or how you would approach this? And then they're going to say, wow. And that's all you got to do. That's where you're not just saying, can I get 30 minutes of your time, 45 minutes of your time? Everybody wants to now feel like, even though everybody says they're busy, which we all are busy, but we can always make time, right? You can make 30 minutes because we all had 30 minutes. We all watch the news or CNBC or something like that, right? That we got 30 minutes, but it's the way that you approach it. So for me, I'm always trying to figure out how can I be different, right? This is something that I learned early on in my real estate career that I've transitioned to business as well. Money flows to the difference, not to the similar, Right. Opportunity flows to the difference, not to the similar. You can't be out there trying to follow the masses when you want to be a stand out or stand up. You want to be an outlier. Right. You can't. If you think about anybody who you're inspired by, who you learn from, who you really admire um, right now, the reason why you admire that person is because they were not afraid to stand out in a world that everybody's trying to fit in, whether it's Oprah or Beyonce or Mahat Gandhi, it doesn't matter, right? They all stood out. And so that's what you have to focus on is how can I stand out? How can I be different? How can I be bold? How can I leave an impact that people say, wow, they were different? Yeah, yeah, no. Oh my gosh, that's like, I feel like there's so much that you just said in that <laughs> in that one thing I kind of want to unpack a little. So I was just going to say, um, you know, while you were talking about the follow-up, first. Um, I remember one of my business coaches told me to like, you know, that I needed to follow up more. Um, and this was like two years into my business. And, um, and so, and then once I started doing that, like that's when things took off. So I just wanted to, to say that for those listeners, like really follow up it seriously, um, will it's like, it can like 10 X, like whatever you're doing. So, um, and then the other thing was just about the, about the mistakes and about, you know, learning from other people's mistakes. I think that's one thing that I do try to get on this show as well. Um, because I think, you know, for me, like whenever, uh, you know, whenever an entrepreneur, you know, someone that I was inspired by would share something that, you know, they had, you know, made a mistake, uh, one of their mistakes. And like, I was able to learn from that. I think that's something that I was sort of, um, you know, unconsciously doing, I guess, like, you know, kind of early, I just like learning about like, what, what do I learn? What do I need to know? What do I, what do I not need to know? Right. Um, right. and so I'm just wondering if you could share maybe one of your mistakes so that our listeners can, um, can avoid that in, um, in their own, in their own journeys. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've had so many mistakes, but I would say one that's relevant to a lot of people that are listeners are, um, I think hiring. Hiring has has definitely, I've had a lot of challenges with hiring. And the only reason why I say that is because sometimes what I found is that I can throw too much of my vision in there, right? Mm-hmm. And when you throw too much, a lot of the times people see it and, and it's not, it be, it's overwhelming, but at the same time, they really want to be a part of it. And they're like, oh man. And so when they say, yeah, you're like, great. They, they love the vision. And so I hired too fast in a lot of cases, or I hired knowing that it was against my beliefs, not that they were bad people, but that it wasn't going to accomplish the specific tasks and goals that I needed, right? Like prime example, when I first started for me, I would consider myself more of a generalist more of a definitely a serial entrepreneur and for anybody who you know again you look into my journey you'll see I have my hands in a lot of different things well for me I was also hiring a lot of other generalists when I first got started and it took me about a year and a half almost two years to really understood that to really understand that for me if I was going to be a generalist I needed to hire specialists because everybody's out here running around with no specialty that wasn't going to work because now what you find yourself doing is you're building up everybody on the team and you're the one putting in the lion's share of the work but then if you're trying to grow a youtube channel and then you have other people who are then learning youtube or if you're putting in the bulk of it where you're paying them to do it and what i found was like when i went and found that person that can manage my youtube channel that can manage um the seo that can manage the the thumbnails and the titles and all these other things that they became an advisor to me my life got so much easier and so for me i would say that over the last two years i've probably invested at like 60 to 70 thousand in hiring that didn't work out uh you know and so that would be the thing that like if i had to do it all over again i would make sure that i focus if i consider myself a generalist and i want to do a lot of different things which is okay right figure out what the thing is that you love and you know try your hand at everything just like when you're a kid right you're going to try out band choir basketball you know uh soccer it doesn't matter you're going to try your hand at so many things until you find the thing that makes you come alive and that's okay but what you also don't want to do is you got the soccer coach you say okay teach me a soccer and then he's out here learning basketball while you're like no i came here to learn soccer or he's trying to teach you about band and you're like okay these this doesn't work so go find you someone who specializes in that thing and be willing to partner with them give them some equity or whatever as they help to build that part of your empire that would be the thing that i wish if i would have started all over i would have focused on more specialists than generalists and i think that that would have helped me to accelerate even faster on my goal and my journey and, and my dream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you for sharing. I also think it's just kind of funny that you mentioned like hiring because that's actually something I'm struggling with at the moment. So I think it's, I think it's really funny. Like my first, um, and I feel like I may have had it easy. The first three hires that I made on my team were amazing, wonderful, like, you know, I think even surpassed my expectations in terms of like, you know, what they were doing. But then the last few have been just like, kind of like dead in the water and just like, like not even working out. And so I'm kind of now in this place where I'm trying to figure out, okay, like, how do I move forward? Like, how do I like, you know, make sure that my next hire is like, you know, one of those, um, you know, those like unicorns, I guess, like, you know, who, who's really going to be helping the business. So that's kind of what I'm grappling with at the moment. But I love that you spoke to like, you know, that topic as well. 
Yeah, it, it, it's it's a tough thing, but you have to go through it just like you said, because now you're so much wiser. And if you really are honest with yourself, you look back and you say, OK, well, what are the things that I didn't do right in this scenario? Because that's all you can control. Right. And, the, and it all leads us to, OK, well, there were signs. Right. Mm -hmm. There were some signs. We just got to recognize them and we got to be willing to admit Okay, this isn't the and, and sometimes it just comes with patience. And I don't know if anybody's listening to this or watching this. And but for me, I've always you know, that's one of my struggles is patience, <laughs> right? I run fast, I break stuff. It's that that Mark Zuckerberg mentality. <laughs> we run fast and we break stuff. And I was like, Oh, yeah, but sometimes again, you patience can be a virtue. If you just understand who you are, and you hire for again, if, if, if you're not the person who can really go through 100 interviews and be patient on it, then that means that maybe you need to hire someone else first that is that person that can be patient on it and can make sure that you have the right hire or partner with someone else first or do something. So that's what I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, thank, thank you. That, that helps me. <laughs> I feel like, you know, that was, I think, one of my issues with like my last hire was like, I just didn't want to do any more interviews. So I was like, ah, like she'll do. And then, yeah, like, so it's just, oh my God, so funny. But um, thank you so much for everything that you've shared with us today. Um, and so I just wanted to ask if there was anything else you wanted to share before we kind of wrap up. No, I think everything, I think you've asked great questions and um, no, I mean, I'm, I'm very accessible through social media, through Dream Nation. I'm pretty accessible and being in real estate, you're always accessible. If they Google you, they can find out your number <laughs> if they really want to. Um, so yeah, no, I think you've asked great questions. I've had a great time. Okay, awesome. Yeah, no. So where can people connect with you? Um, you know, whether that's your website, social media, where, where would you like to direct people? <laughs> Yeah, so I think the the main two sites where people can connect with me if they're talking about a website is um, uh, castingoverbrooks.com or dreamnation.com. Uh, both of them are uh, very you know accessible to me. And then also, um, I'm very much on social media as well. So Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, I'm I'm on all of them. So I would just say reach out. Be a little patient with me if I don't respond right away. Um, but I promise you, I always do respond. And yeah, I look forward to connecting with people however I can. Awesome. And we will link all those in the show notes so that our listeners can, can find those easily as well. So thank you so much. This was wonderful. Yes. Thank you as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Millennial Success Stories podcast. I would love to invite you to join our growing community of fellow millennial women entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs inside our free Facebook group, the Millennial Success Society. I also love connecting with fellow women entrepreneurs on Instagram. Find me at Jackie Kossoff underscore LA. Feel free to send me a DM with any suggestions for future episodes or questions you'd like answered on the show. For all the latest show updates, exclusive resources for our listeners, or to apply to become a guest on the show, please visit the Millennial Success Stories podcast page on my website at www.jackiekossoff.com slash podcast. Thank you again for tuning in and I'll catch you next time.